For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Once again, quick reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. They each head into their Week 13 matchups in the NFL. And we look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in once again with the Oakland Raiders as they will be looking to press the reset button after a very abysmal showing last week against the New York Jets as they ended up losing on the road by the score of 34-3. to This week, it does not get much easier as they have to play at Kansas City in Arrowhead and they are currently pretty big underdogs. They will look to pull off the upset in this division contest. Kansas City opened up as a 9-point favorite. They've been bet up to 10, and the over-under is currently at 51. As I alluded to before, the Raiders had a complete no-show once they had to travel to the East Coast on the road, and they will look to get back to their winning ways. Currently, the Raiders are 6-5, and five, which means that they are one game out of a tie for first place in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs, which basically turns this game into a must-win game for the Raiders if they hope to win the division. So, recapping last week's stats, Derek Carr was, well, was pretty abysmal as he ended up completing 15 of his 27 pass attempts, and he had zero touchdowns with one interception. He also got benched in the second half for Mike Glennon. Glennon was an absolute disaster, so I guess Carr looked decently in comparison, but as a whole, anytime you get benched against the Jets on the road at any point, that's not exactly a good sign for you, so I completely understand the benching, though. Carr wasn't playing well, but the Raiders fell behind by multiple possessions early, and uh, Gruden just pulled the plug. It wasn't worth the injury risk as they were most likely not going to win the game. So Carr will look to bounce back with a solid performance against Kansas City's very underwhelming defense on Sunday. For the ground game, Josh Jacobs struggled as well as he ended up having 10 carries for 34 rushing yards. Did absolutely nothing. Game flow didn't help him as the Raiders fell behind early and they kind of abandoned the run. But he will look to get back to his usual success against Kansas City's abysmal rush defense. From the receiving court, Darren Waller uh, had three receptions for 41 yards. He was okay, I guess. Uh, Hunter Renfro had three receptions for 31 receiving yards as well. And Tyrell Williams had two receptions for 18 receiving yards. The defense as a whole had just one sack, forced just one turnover, and they gave up 27 points. The Jets ended up with 34, but one of them came from a pick six. So I won't give the defense any responsibility for that. Uh, the defense still wasn't great. 27 points allowed is definitely not something to brag about, especially when you were pretty much unable to get to the quarterback at all and you were unable to force any turnovers. The one sack should really be two, but you had the very um, just abysmal passing interference call that happened in the first half, which ended up wiping one off from Max Crosby. 
that was a terrible call. I think everybody in the game itself thought it was a terrible call. The announcer for the Jets was actually doing the basketball games at the Barclays Center, and in the middle of the Wisconsin broadcast, he actually stated that that was one of the worst roughing the passer calls he's ever seen. So even the broadcaster was honest and thought that the refs completely butchered that one. But either or, the defense will need to play better moving forward. And against Patrick Mahomes, that is definitely a tough task to say the least. But for the injury report, center Rodney Hudson was a limited participant in practice once again. Running back Josh Jacobs was limited as well. Defensive back LaMarcus Joyner was also limited in practice. However, big injury news, wide receiver Hunter Renfro is going to be out for this game as well as probably the next month as he ended up suffering a broken rib and he will be out indefinitely. So with him out of the lineup as a slot receiver, you definitely saw his production increase as the season went along, and Gruden tended to use him as more of a security blanket on some third downs due to his very clinical route running. And with him out of the lineup, Carr's going to have to get creative. You might see him spread around the wealth a bit. Renfro didn't get many targets per game, but he still was very serviceable, and now the Raiders will have to either... Expect somebody else to step up or just spread or just give the main guys, Tyra Williams and Waller, more touches on the outside. But uh, moving on to the Chiefs, unlike the Raiders, they actually did not play last week as they ended up entering this game off of a bye. And the team is currently 7 and 4. However, it is worth mentioning that the bye is very important for the Chiefs as Andy Reid in his career includes the Eagles, it includes the Chiefs. He is 17-3 straight up in the regular season off a of bye week, which is absolutely insane, and they will look to potentially turn that to an 18-3 record with a victory on Sunday. In their last game, though, the Chiefs did beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football in Mexico by the score of 24-17. It was a very ugly game. Definitely, I, they def, definitely didn't wow anybody just based on how the game was played. But the Chiefs limited their mistakes, and they capitalized on the Chargers' mistakes, and they were able to sneak away with a 7-point victory. Patrick Mahomes in that game was very underwhelming, to say the least. He ended up completing 19 of 32 passes for 182 passing yards, with one passing touchdown and one interception. However, he also did have a team-high 59 rushing yards, and he will look to have a much better game on Sunday against the Raiders' abysmal pass defense. Running back uh, Darrell Williams had 11 carries for 35 rushing yards and one touchdown. And running back LaShawn McCoy had 7 carries for 29 yards and one touchdown. He also almost lost a fumble, but he was able to recover it. So that could have potentially put a little bit of a stain on his uh, performance last week. But he ended up avoiding absolute disaster. Now for uh, the rest of the recap, tight end... Travis Kelsey has seven receptions for 92 receiving yards and one touchdown as he started to look more like the elite tight end that we all knew, know that he is. It was a little bit hectic uh, after uh, Mahomes got injured for a couple of games, more threw him the ball a little bit, but Kelsey's production seemed to drop off. But now it seems that it is back to normal as he's still uh, Mahomes' favorite weapon and Mahomes will probably continue to target him against the Raiders' suspect linebacking core. For, in terms of the Chiefs' defense, they were very solid last, uh, two weeks ago against Phillip Rivers as they ended up sacking him twice, and they also intercepted him four times, including on the final possession with less than a minute remaining, and they only allowed 17 points. Now, for the Chiefs' injury report, uh, starting running back Damian Williams did not practice due to a rib injury. He is questionable, but he's, he's tailing more towards doubtful 
for this game as he is unlikely to play due to the injuries and due to the production from Daryl Williams as well as McCoy. So I would not be surprised to see Williams sit in this game. And wide receiver Sammy Watkins also did not practice as he is currently dealing with an illness and people do not really know whether he will play or not. He is currently being listed as questionable. Now for the trends in this game, the home team is 5-1 against the spread in the last six games, and the Raiders are 1-5 against the spread in the last six meetings in Kansas City. So for my prediction in this game, I will be taking the Kansas City Chiefs, as I think they will win by the score of 31-17, which means that I like the Chiefs minus 10, and I also like the under 51. Now the main reasons why I like the Chiefs in the spot, first of all, I just found last week's performance by the Raiders extremely concerning. That game was very important to the team. Chiefs were on by that a chance to potentially get themselves into a tie for first place in the AFC West. And they completely laid an egg, both on offense and defense. The Chiefs are led by by Wizard Andy Reid. And I definitely think that with, Ty with Tyreek Hill expected to be back after leaving the game early against the Chargers, I just think it's going to be a huge problem for... The Raiders to contain him, to contain Kelsey. Chiefs have too many weapons. I think they're going to work out all the issues they've had so far on offense this season. And I think the Chiefs should be able to put up a solid amount of points against the Raiders at home in Arrowhead. So I think the Chiefs should score around 30 points, 31 points. And the Raiders, their offense is pretty good. I think Renfro being out hurts, but it definitely doesn't cripple the offense by any means. But I still think the environment itself in Arrowhead should be tough for a car to relay the plays to his players. Plus, the Raiders love to go on these long drives that take up a ton of clock. I think they're going to struggle to actually capitalize and score touchdowns, but I think they're going to finish the game with 17 points, as I think the Chiefs, even though they are not the greatest defense, their pass rush is still pretty impressive, led by Frank Clark, and I think you should see the Raiders struggle trying to protect Carr in this one. So, for the game itself, I like the Chiefs to win 31-17, to which means that I like the Chiefs minus 10 and the under 51. However, if you want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in, Ra in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Chiefs. Uh, if you're interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com if you want your spot in this section of the show. But moving on to the... High-profile matchup, definitely the game of the week, and it is going to be between the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens, and that game will be taking place in Baltimore at 1 p.m. Eastern time. First of all, before I actually get into the breakdown for this game, I gotta roast the NFL a little bit here. How is this game supposed to be at 1 o'clock and not one of the primetime slots? This makes no sense to me. This is a matchup between two teams that are probably going to get home field advantage throughout the entire throughout their respective conferences as both teams are currently the one seed in their respective conferences and you have them playing at 1 p.m i know for example people on the east coast who have to deal with the jets and giants playing at one o'clock aren't going to see this game this game's going to get blacked out in a decent amount of locations which is absolutely unacceptable by the nfl this game should either be on monday night or, or sunday night either or this game can't be played at one even, even flex this game to four. This game's got to be on at some point where everybody can watch this game because this is the game that everybody wants to see. And I think the NFL absolutely dropped the ball when it comes to planning for this game. 
But anyway, that's my rant. Now on to the actual game itself. Baltimore opened up as a four and a half point favorite. They've been bet up to five and a half, and the over/under is currently sitting at 47. Starting with the 49ers, they were able to destroy the Packers last week on Sunday Night Football by the score of 37-8. to Jimmy Garoppolo ended up completing 14 of his 20 pass attempts for 253 passing yards with two passing touchdowns. Running back Tevin Coleman had 11 carries for 39 rushing yards and one touchdown. And running back Raheem Mostert had six carries for 45 rushing yards and one touchdown. The team as a whole had 22 carries for 112 rushing yards, for which is equivalent to 5.1 yards per carry and two rushing touchdowns. Now for the passing game, wide receiver Debo Samuel had two receptions for 50 receiving yards and one touchdown. And tight end George Kittle made his return after missing a game due to injury. And he returned and he completely destroyed the Packers secondary as he ended up having six receptions for 129 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. It's worth mentioning that no other receiver on the entire team had more than two receptions. So Kittle was in lone company as everybody else on the team pretty much did next to nothing in terms of, of catching passes from Garoppolo, but they didn't really need to as the offense opened up a big lead and they were able to coast the entire way. As San Francisco's defense absolutely shut down Aaron Rodgers of the Packers as they ended up having five sacks and only allowed 198 total yards of offense. San Francisco's defense has been elite all year. It's probably the best defense in the entire league. It's either them or New England. And they just laid the wood on Green Bay. And they'll look to do the same against Lamar Jackson on Sunday. Even though Lamar Jackson right now looks like an unstoppable force. But I'll get to that in a second. Either or, San Francisco's defense has been dialed in and it will look to... It will look to continue playing well on the road in this upcoming Sunday matchup. Now for the injury report, wide receiver Dante Pettis actually left practice on Wednesday with a knee injury, and he is currently questionable to play in this game. I would say it's probably not looking great because he had to leave practice for it, and it seems to be a knee issue. He's probably going to be out for at least a week, but that remains to be seen. In terms of the other injury reports, George Kittle and Joe Staley uh, were limited on Thursday. It's important for Staley because it was his first practice since having surgery on his fractured finger that he suffered against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. So now he's expected to be back for this game and he will look to, um, you know, just help uh, fix the offensive line. They didn't really need much help last week, but at the same point, having him back as a multiple uh, Pro Bowler definitely helps with the depth as well on the front lines. Uh, in other news, uh, defensive end D Ford did not practice with a quad injury and a hamstring injury, and he is currently going to be doubtful for this game. He could suit up at the last minute, but it's definitely not looking promising due to the fact that he has not practiced all week. On the bright and on the uh, bright side is that kicker Robbie Gould was a full participant in practice, and he is expected to return. Uh, he... Overall, Gold struggled so far this season, but he is still extremely clutch and he has had a lot of experience and getting him back will definitely pay some dividends moving forward. And other than that though, running back Matt Bria is was limited with an ankle injury in practice. Wide receiver Debo Samuel was limited in practice with a shoulder injury and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders was also limited with a rib injury. All of them are currently questionable, and their statuses will be updated later in the week. Now, switching gears to the Ravens, they destroyed the Rams on the road on Monday Night Football by the score of 45-6. to It was an absolute destruction. They scored in the first drive, and the Rams had no answers. The Ravens have looked like the best team, or one of the best teams in all of football, definitely in the, in the AFC over the last couple of weeks. 
and they will look to continue their winning ways on Sunday at home. Quarterback Lamar Jackson in that game against the Rams completed 15 of his 20 pass attempts for 169 passing yards with five passing touchdowns and zero interceptions while also contributing 95 rushing yards. So Lamar Jackson, as of right now, is the frontrunner to win the MVP. He's been unbelievable, and last week was pretty much the icing on the cake on primetime TV just to showcase just how good he actually is. And the 49ers will have their, hand full, their hands full trying to contain him, but if anyone's going to be able to do it, it should be this defensive front. So that matchup is definitely something to look forward to in this game. Uh, running back Mark Ingram had 15 carries for 111 rushing yards and one touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Marquise Brown had five receptions for 42 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. And wide receiver Willie Sneed also had two receptions, both of them going for touchdowns. So, other than that, though, looking at the injury report, running back Mark Ingram, who I just mentioned a second ago, he has not practiced this week due to an ankle injury. He's currently being listed as questionable. And a big injury to the offensive line for the Ravens, center Matt Skura was placed on IR with a season-ending knee injury, so he will not be playing in this game. Curious to see how that will match up based on the fact that for the 49ers defensive tackles have been extremely solid this season and the Ravens will be using a backup center. So keep that matchup in mind if the 49ers are able to bring some pressure up the middle. Now for the trends, not really any, no, there aren't really many trends for the 49ers, but the Ravens are surprisingly 3-9 and nine against the spread in their last 12 home games, which is something to keep in mind. My prediction for this game, I think the Ravens will win, but I think this game will be closer than the spread indicates. I think the Ravens will win by the score of 27-23, which means that I like the 49ers plus 5.5, and I also like the over 47. I think this game will be very close. It will come down to the wire, in my opinion. The 49ers defense should have the ability to at least slow down Lamar Jackson. I don't think you can really stop him, but I think they should be able to pressure him a couple of times. Jackson's mobility will always cause an issue, so I think they will be able to get some points up. But I think Garoppolo has looked better in recent weeks. The 49ers have done a pretty good job running the ball all season long. They struggled over the last couple of weeks, but last week was definitely optimistic as they were able to rush for over five yards a carry. And I think that with Staley probably being back in the lineup at the tackle position, I think they should look even better up front. I think this game will be close. I think this game will be one possession. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers with the ball late with a shot to, to potentially win it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Ravens at home to win the game. But I will take the 49ers plus 5.5 and, and the over 47. But if you want more information about the 49ers exclusively, Believe also has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, that's going to be over this installment of Betting Bay Area here on Thursday, November 28th. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.